Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I'm going to go ahead and read a scripture, Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah is one of the most quoted prophets of the Old Testament. Do the history on Isaiah. He was just a phenomenal man of God. He was there for a number of kings throughout his office. And he was, in fact, the father-in-law to Hezekiah. Hezekiah was married to his daughter. He was the grandfather to Manasseh. And he was killed by his own grandson, who was a wicked king. How many of you remember that during our semester of kings and kingdoms? If you're brand new to... Here's what it says. And one of the references to Israel's status and what the Lord was going to bring. In verse 15 it says, So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that why there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm, everyone say his own arm, God himself brought salvation for him. And his own righteousness is his righteousness. This is a prophetic word, something containing, pertaining to the new covenant that God would bring. And his own righteousness. It sustained him. Speaking of Jesus, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate. And a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on a garment of vengeance for clothing. And a clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay. Fury to his adversary. Recompensed to his enemies. (laughs) Somebody say, the devil doesn't have a foot to stand on. That's the real enemy. The coastlands. He will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The redeemer will come to Zion and those who turn from transgressions in Jacob, saith the Lord. Tell somebody you got to repent. You got to turn from evil. The good thing about turning away from evil is that you turn away from evil. You turn to something good. God always has something better for everyone who decides, I want to live good and right and be justified.
by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can never repay what the blood has done for us in our lives and the brokenness of the body. How many of you are glad, are super happy, excited about the future and what the righteousness of God will do for us in our lives? There's a secret and there's revelation we're going to learn today and understanding. So I want you just to lift your voice one more time and just speak over the service. Will you do that with me right now and just say, Lord Jesus, right now, we just surround this moment. God, we ask you to consecrate it. Let all distractions leave. Every distraction, everyone say go. Go in Jesus' name. Let my mind be focused. Let my spirit be receptive. And let there be an anointing in this house for us all. In Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap just because he's worthy. Come on. Just tell him, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. I want to begin by simply telling you that there's a misconception about the breastplate of righteousness in our lives that we've learned throughout the years and we have copied other people. There is a step-by-step approach that people have learned throughout the years, thinking that if you just simply say, I put on the breastplate of righteousness, that it automatically happens. That's like saying, I'm a millionaire and going to the bank and there'd be nothing there. I can keep on going, but there's just so much entailed with that that we have lived as Christians. Some of us have believed that hook, line, and sinker. We believed it. When the truth is, is that the breastplate of righteousness is an attribute of our obedience to Christ. It's something that he puts on us. It is something that we submit to. I've read it last week. We talked about Paul's writings, and, and you see the correlation there between Isaiah's writings and the book of Ephesians where Paul talks about put on the whole armor of God. We think that the armor of God is just talked about in the New Testament when he was prophesied about it in the Old Testament. That the prophet knew and the people knew that this day would come. They didn't have this type of breastplate. In the Old Testament. In fact, righteousness was their biggest flaw. When God looked to restore and save humanity, he only found one righteous in the earth, and that was Noah. And mind you, it didn't say that his family was righteous. It said Noah was righteous. God was merciful to Noah's family, and he saved the earth. And God made a covenant with Noah because of that righteousness to save the earth and never destroy it again, and that's where the rainbow really comes in. Just saying. And this is where God begins to help us understand that it is his righteousness. You see, God gave Noah the plans to build the ark. And in that ark, he allowed unclean and clean animals to come in to save them. But Noah's obedience was an act of righteousness. The scripture said it was Abraham that offered Isaac. And when he did it, it was imputed unto him for righteousness also because he was obedient. Everyone in the scripture, every patriarch, every person in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 in that hall of faith. 
was righteous in the eyes of God, in the eyes of God because of obedience. Obedience to their faith. This has a lot to do with it. And when Paul begins to write and Paul begins to say that put on after the belt of truth, what we talked about last week. If you weren't here last week, go and check it out on YouTube, the podcast or our app and sermons. You'll learn that the belt of truth, truth wasn't a thing. Truth is a person. And you put on the identity. And we learned about that identity as a Roman soldier, how people knew who they were based on their belt and their garments. But now then the Apostle Paul comes in there and writes the book of Ephesians. Next, he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. That word righteousness comes from the Greek word to really means a condition acceptable to God. A condition that is acceptable to God. It is the actual translation meaning the state of him who is as he ought to be. Quote, righteous. The only way you and I are ever going to be able and ever have been able to stand before God is because of what Jesus did for us. And the act of transference, you see, was made by faith when we say to God, forgive us of our sins. You see, that was part of the plan that God had when he gave to Moses when he built that ark and put in the ark the things that were necessary for the church are the people of God. But before they could ever come into the presence of God, they had to first offer a sacrifice of blood. And it wasn't the priest that killed the animal. It was literally the families that brought the animal to the priest. Because the priests didn't sin, it was the family that sinned, and this is why that animal had to die for their sins. So that family member, whoever it was that brought that animal, had to kill the animal by slicing its throat, letting the blood pour out, and then the priest would offer that on the brazen altar. The same thing happens with us. The sacrifice has already been made through Jesus Christ, but it is still up to us to say, he died for my sins. He died for my sins. That's the act of transference. That's when righteousness is established and we are justified and we are in the eyes of God. We have been vindicated because of what he did, not what you did. So righteousness in our eyes can also be self-righteous. You can think to yourself all day long, I'm a good person. You're just not good enough for God to pardon your sins because they required blood, and your blood ain't good enough. Can I go back and say it again? You can be religious. You can be good. You can, be a, you can give all your money to the poor, but if you don't have love and don't have the Spirit of God, it means nothing. That's what Paul said. Give your body to be burned. You're not the ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice was Jesus Christ. So do you, really, do you see how no matter what we can do, our dependence isn't in our good works, but our dependence is on the work of the cross. That's the beginning of imputed righteousness to begin with. When you begin to look at this state, you'll understand how and where 
that this breastplate begins to function in our life. There is a correlation here between the Roman soldiers and the actual breastplate in the spirit. The Apostle Paul writes it from a Roman perspective because he was Roman. But he writes it from that perspective because, you know, when we think of a breastplate, we may not have a full spectrum of, you know, a full uh, understanding of it. But I want to show you this picture so you can understand kind of how it works. Here's the first slide. This is just a replica, of course. But if you notice, it, it took, it took uh, different pieces of metal put together, thin sheets of metal that were laid out by a, by a metal by Smith. And, and it was light enough where it had to be pieced together separately so you can become agile, flexible, move in war. There are different types of breastplates that you can find throughout history, but this is the one most commonly used in biblical times. And then you can find it knit together. And this surrounded the entire person from the front side and the back. This metal had to be strong enough. In most cases as well, they would wear pieces of leather underneath to help that withstand a penetration of any one of the enemy's tactics, uh, weapons, and so forth. But the righteousness of God is so strong that no weapon that the enemy forms can prosper against it. Because the righteousness of God cannot be penetrated. The righteousness of God represents light. And when darkness comes, it cannot penetrate light. Remember, the prophet also wrote, put on the light of God's armor. The armor of God, we learned last week, is light as well. It's a spiritual existence of an invisible God fortifying your very being. That comes through a relationship. The existence of the protection of God in your life that comes from a relationship, a covenant relationship. And it all begins with the cross. But I'm going to show you something really quickly so you understand the importance of this piece of armor. On the next slide, let's go back to Anatomy 101. These are the vital organs that are in this part of the body that this armor protected. First being the heart. I'm going to give you, so you understand the importance, I really do believe the way we are wonderfully and fearfully made has a spiritual connotation. Your soul and your spirit and the spirit of God how the inner workings of your spirit man function. I think the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness protects this area. The heart, the very seat of your affection, your will, your passion. The faith of your very being that takes the life of God, the spirit of God, to let it flow through your body spiritually. And one thing that the devil would love to do and use against you is use weaponry to, weaponry to take your passion away. Affect your faith. Affect your thought process and where this is where the, 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 the helmet of salvation comes in, but also the heart, the heart of an individual. Why you do what you do. And then you have the lungs. The scripture says that when God 
breathed on Adam. He became a living soul. The very life of the Spirit of God, the ability to inhale life into your life that brings vitality to every part of your spiritual being. being. We need the breath of God. The liver of a magnificent organ, over 200 functions, has the ability to disperse chemicals throughout the body, balance it out, and take every toxin and throw it out as waste in the body. Without the liver, we wouldn't survive. Or the kidneys. The liver and the kidneys, kidneys in the back, are the two filters for the body. I've seen God heal kidneys. I've seen it a number of times. My wife's kidneys were healed herself. I'll never forget, we were at church, and a lady came to her and said she was from out of town up north, and she came down to visit. And she said, I need to pray for you. She didn't know me or my wife, but she came up to my wife and said that uh, God wants to heal you and touch you. And she never told her a thing about her, but she laid her hands right on her lower back where her kidneys were, and fire hit her, and her kidneys were instantly healed because she was in pain constantly. I don't know who I'm talking to and who that was for, but that story just came to me. And I want you to know that God's capable of healing and God's capable of defending you and keeping you. That's that's another semester. But here's what we need to know today. In this function with the kidneys and the liver and these vital parts of our spiritual life, you must be true to your convictions and know right from wrong to be able to filter out the good and the bad. All of us are capable of evil, and that's what we have to realize. Our old nature is capable of evil, but it's by the blood of Jesus and the Spirit of God that we repent of our sins, and he washes us from all unrighteousness. And then there's the assimilation of God's Word and God's presence and the digestive system, and all of this entailed so we can assimilate in our very being and have understanding. What I'm trying to tell you is that righteousness does the work of protecting every vital part of your spirit man. It will protect you. It will be there to fortify you. So point number one I want to give you this is his righteousness covers your obedience. In every part of your life, if you want righteousness there, it begins with obedience. By hearing the message of the cross, when you heard it, you responded out of obedience and the blood was applied and you're covered. But you must live free from sin. There's an old religious mindset that encourages you to say, I I said we're all capable of evil. I didn't say we're all evil. We all are capable of sinning, but you're not all sinners. Because you don't get up every day, correct me if I'm wrong, I hope I'm, hope I'm, Not wrong, but you don't get up every day and say, well, I'm going to sin good today. I mean, right? You don't get up and say stuff like, well, I'm going to go hate on somebody today. If you do, we'll pray for you. Go murder somebody today. I'm going to murder it today. I mean, that's, you understand what I'm trying to tell you, right? Inside of every believer is the desire to do good and be good. But none of us are good. It takes the righteousness and the goodness of God to make that happen. So you can walk in his righteousness. And once I explain it to you, you're going to see the simplicity of it. I want to give you some scriptures because hell cannot 
penetrate any area of your life that has been submitted to God. Write that down if you're taking notes. Hell cannot, hell cannot, the devil cannot, life cannot penetrate any area of your life that has been submitted to God. Your understanding, your passion, your life and breath for your very existence, your convictions. Hell can't touch it. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 2 says it like this. It will be righteousness for us if we careful, if we are careful to observe all his commandments before the Lord our God just as he commanded. Say, it will be righteousness to us. This is God's words to Israel, stating to them, and this is the same pattern throughout the scripture you'll find hasn't been done away with if we keep his commandments. Righteousness is given. And this was the challenge that they had. They had no heart for God. Their hearts were hardened in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant because they did not have the Spirit of God nor the blood of Jesus Christ. And so here's where you begin to recognize it in the New Testament. And we start getting the revelation. And this is where Paul begins to write and explain this now. And he says it in Romans chapter 5, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Watch this now. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Who's that man? Jesus Christ. So you see, it's not based on how good you are, how hard you work, uh, what your last name is, what neighborhood you live in, what kind of car you drive, how big your bank account is, or whatever party or whatever VIP class or group you're accustomed to or whatever you're a member of. I'm telling you right now, it's the blood of Jesus that makes you right before God. All those other things make you right in the eyes of men. But I'm going to tell you, you can't benefit from that because there's strings attached. But Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners with no strings attached. He said, I want to bless them. I want to save them. I want to help them. Aren't you glad that you found him and he found you and that you're here today? There is something about this that makes you want to love him even more every day the more you find out about him. The more you find out about what he did, why he did it, and what we get from this relationship with him, the more you're changed. The more you are changed and the more that you allow his spirit to influence you, the more you'll find yourself growing, being established, and loving him even more. Romans chapter 6 verse 16 in the NLT says it like this. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. It's a choice. Every day we have a choice. You can be the slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. 
Say it with me. Obedience leads to righteousness. And did you know that righteousness is equivalency to holiness? It's in the scripture, but you see, it's a simple act of having. But the question you have to ask yourself is, why don't I have the desire to obey? Because we wrestle with two natures. There's that one nature that rebels. Everyone's soul will rebel if we're not spiritually feeding it. If you as a sheep, us as sheep, if we don't graze in green pastures and, and drink from still waters, I promise you we're going to turn into goats. <laughs> Stubborn people, I'm just telling you, they don't drink from still waters or green pastures. They're bitter. Have you ever seen goats eat fields? They hire goats now to go in and eat these properties. They don't plow them down with tractors and, and bulldozers. There are actually people who own herds of goats, and they hire them to go into this land, and they'll set them free. Them animals, them beasts, those goats will eat everything. Bitter, sweet, they'll eat. If it's green, they eat it. It's gone. But God's sheep eat good grass, good stuff, steel waters. Because what you put in is what you get out. We're meant to graze on God's word. We're meant to drink from his spirit. And it will change you. So when you hear the voice of the shepherd, it is a choice. You can respond or not respond. But Jesus said, my sheep Hear my voice, and they will not follow another. Someone say, Lord Jesus, touch my hearing. Say, Lord, touch my heart. Let me obey you. Someone say, come on, make that your prayer right now. Let's make that our prayer. Lord Jesus, give me an obedient heart. God, take this spoiled, rebellious little kid out of me. Selfish little boy, little girl. Come on, take it. We all have, I'm going to tell you, every man has a little boy. Every woman has a little girl. And we in our spirit, not even knowing, not even wanting to. How many of you have ever known to do right, but something inside says, I don't want to do that? And then you try to fight off the devil that said it. It wasn't the devil. Let me just help you. That was you. That was your soul. Your soul will rebel. You will give God such a hard time. Do you know God is calling you right now, but you're bucking? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You came to a spirit-filled church. Watch out. Put your seatbelts on. You ready? It's all over me right now, son. I'm just telling you. Somebody's been called, and you've been disobeying God, and you're giving God a hard time. And I'm telling you now that if you'll just obey God and take the leap, that you're going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. God is with you. God wants to bless you. God wants to be able to lead you and guide you. And when you start feeling that in your life and know what it is, and I'm not trying to say anything about other, I think there's wonderful places. I think there's wonderful people. I, I really do. But you're supposed to follow the good shepherd and no one else. I'm just going to go a step further and say this to you. Don't believe anything I say. Write these notes down. Go home and read it in the Bible and confer. Then you'll be able to grow. I'm not God. I'm here to introduce you to God 
and train you how to pray, how to have a relationship so you can be a priest and a king and you can begin to dominate your world and influence the kingdom of God. And this is what it's all about, discipleship. Now, our prayers help because the good shepherd helps us. Except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. But if we don't learn how to depend on God for our own families, we're not going to grow. We're not going to follow. You want to know the best thing to do for rebellious kids? I don't know why I'm talking about this, but for whoever it is, for your children, let me tell you, your gift is following the shepherd. I don't know what to do with my kids. I'll tell you what to do. Let the shepherd go and handle them himself. That's why he's got the rod. That rod's there for the pull them in, also to suck at them every once in a while. I don't even know what's the word. My aunt used to say it all the time. Girl, suck at that. I don't know what that means. I just grew up in a Mexican family. I didn't find out till later I was putting myself down. I thought they were terms of endearment. I thought, tonto, man, I love you. Just being real. I don't know. You ready? Come on, turn to somebody and say, this is good stuff. Uh, even if you don't believe it, just for a moment, lie, just, just lie. For just a little white lie, just say it's good. I'm just kidding, don't lie. I don't care if it's good or not. You're still going to get it because that's all I got. <laughs> Point number two, righteousness gives wisdom. You see, this is where nothing can penetrate your being. You know, the devil cannot move into your life without permission. Well, let's go on the flip side of that. God won't come into your life without permission. Permission is required for any spiritual experience. And many times we don't know, but we are giving permission to certain spirits by tolerance, by just tolerating, listening. Tasting, seeing. But wisdom will give you discernment because righteousness helps you know the difference. When there is righteousness in your life, remember, righteousness is the right way of God. It's the acceptable condition of an individual. It's when you're in your right mind. It's when you have the right spirit, the right thoughts, the right motive. God blesses motive and spirit. God blesses intentions that are good. And when you act on them, he fulfills them. But then when you know what's right and wrong, that's wisdom. And you learn to discern it. That will stop every lie that comes your way because you have truth and understanding. Here's what it does. The wisdom, it will protect your character. I use the word attitude for character interchangeably. If you have a bad attitude, you have bad character. If you're, you know, not feeling it, that's your attitude. Well, you need to learn how to fight the bad feeling and grab a hold of the right feeling. You know, you can feel God. You can feel love. You can feel peace. You can feel joy. You just have to learn how to let God robe you with it. Put it on. 
but it will protect your character. Also, it will strengthen your integrity. Integrity is the ability to resist sin. Integrity is the ability to resist sin. And many people's tolerance of sin is very thin because that's how thick your armor is. Establishing religion cannot withstand demonic attacks. Religion is simply trying to do it your way instead of God's way. You want to know the difference between Mary and Martha when Jesus came to their house? You want to know what the difference was between them? Martha thought she knew what Jesus wanted. I mean, sorry, yeah. Martha thought she knew what Jesus wanted. Mary waited to see waited at his feet to find out what he wanted. Martha was, Lord, tell Mary to come and and help me. I'm doing all the work. And Jesus said, leave her alone. Nobody's going to take that part from her. So Martha assumed she knew what Jesus wanted and what needed to be done. Mary was waiting on him. The best thing you can do in any situation to make the right decision is to wait on the Lord. What's your hurry? Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And the God of peace will keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ is what the scripture says, right? Watch this. The internal parts of your being is where life flows. The breastplate keeps all of this together. The, bless, the breastplate of righteousness protects the heart or your spirit, man, where the issues are. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20 says this in the NLT. My child, pay attention to what I say. Isn't that funny? It sounds like us. Hey, pay attention. You ever told your kids that paid? Man, you have to pay attention. How many of you have ever had to talk to your kids like, look, I said take the bottle, put it over here, right? You ever slow down like that to give an explanation? That's not how you do it. You just take the bottle, twist it, righty-tighty, lefty-loosey, right? You know when you start paying attention or when your child starts paying attention? When they realize the results that come out of their obedience. When you start seeing the blessings and the favor and the protection of God out of your obedience, you start paying attention. After a while, you're like, whoa, hold on a second. This stuff works. I, when he talk, I'm going to listen. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Healing to their whole body. They can't penetrate. You want to know why? Because the implosion in you, the pressure in you is greater than the pressure outside of you. If you feel pressured right now to do wrong or pressured to to follow a crowd or pressured to follow peer pressure or pressured to follow the culture because you think it's cool, 
and you want to be accepted and all of that stuff that has no gain for eternal life but will steal your soul because you have absolutely no pressure inside of you. In other words, the Spirit of God inside of you is not a river. It's actually just a little stream. You want to know how rivers are formed? By continual rain. Learn how to be consistent in prayer, worship, and praise, and study, and you'll learn how to gather rain, and then you'll start to see rivers flow. Rivers don't happen overnight. Rivers are a product of continual worship and praise to God with clarity. Let me just give this to somebody right here, right now, because I feel it very strongly. When you have a river flowing through you, it will wash out addiction. It'll wash out sickness. It'll wash out disease. It'll wash out depression. It'll wash out anger. It'll wash out everything. But if you want those things to leave you, you got to stay long enough and still long enough to wait on God and get in the rain. Boy, that's good, Pastor Bobby. If I had a dollar, I'd give myself an offering right now. I think I'll pat myself on the back for that one, honestly. <laughs> Pay attention. 23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. Listen, obey. Notice he is talking from a fatherly perspective. If you're young here and you're still in your home or you still live or your parents are still alive, just because you moved out doesn't mean you don't honor your mother and your father still. You, you, you must honor your father and your mother. You, you must, regardless of who they are, what they, if they're not living for God, but you are, it's no excuse. God honors that. I'm going to tell you, I wasn't the best son. I didn't pay attention to everything my mom told me. I didn't have a father growing up, so I had my mama, but I was, I was just, boy, I was, listen, if you knew me before this, you'd be like, what's he doing up there? I can't explain it, but all I can tell you is I didn't, I, I didn't ask for this. I just found myself eating green pastures and still waters. The shepherd came and found me. I followed his voice and been doing it for years and years and years. Then God began to open up doors and so forth, and here I am. I don't know how I got up here. Listen, if you ever see a turtle on a post, he didn't get there on him by himself. Okay, it just didn't happen overnight. So I'm just telling you there's a process. I don't deserve to be up here. I wasn't a, I was, I wasn't a good son. I just wasn't. I was, whew. There's a Spanish word for it, but I don't know if it's cussing or not, so I won't say it. Another one of those words, man. I've been called it my whole life. I thought it was something else, but it wasn't. Come to find out I've been cussing all my life. Don't, if you don't know Spanish, don't speak it. My mama passed away already, but I'll tell you that before my mom died, I went up to her and I said, Mommy. That's right. I call my mom, Mommy. I don't care what you think. I said, Mommy, I, uh, this is months before she got dementia she really got sick and we couldn't talk to her and, but God gave me a space of time and I went to my mom and I said mom I'm sorry for how rebellious and how arrogant I was I thought I knew everything I, I, I just I'm sorry mom I took your card sometimes and I used money out of your account she goes I know I said mom I, I just 
You told me to do something. I didn't do it, and I just, I'm sorry. You know what my mom said? Thank God she was saved at that time. She goes, that's okay, mijo. I forgive you. And something happened in my life. The Lord told me, because when you were younger and you took from your mom and you didn't obey, it brought something into your life that you need to repent of. And that's why you're limited. You're blessed now, but you're not blessed to your full potential. But if you'll make it right with your mama, I'll bless you even more. After that point, that's when God started to bless me and my family even more. You have to do what's right in the eyes of God according to the word of God. And he'll impute it unto you for righteousness in every area. But you have to be able to know your conviction. Have understanding. Have a passion for the things of God. Breathe in the presence of God in your life throughout the day. That's what praise is. That's what worship is. It maintains you. When you're not in prayer and you're not in focused, concentrated prayer, you carry the spirit of prayer through praise throughout the day in worship. And if you'll maintain that, that's the breath. That's how you keep breathing. Spiritually, you keep breathing. You know, that's why some people are unhealthy because spiritually, because they'll only breathe. Their spirit man only gets fresh breath once in the morning or maybe once on Wednesday and Sunday, and they'll never learn how to praise God and get breath throughout the day. You're starving your spirit, man. It needs breath. It needs breath. It needs the breath of God. How many people can understand what I'm talking about? Get your prayer life back up. Not just your prayer life. Get your praise on. Get your worship on. Get your devotion on. Start meditating on the word of God. It's the breath of God in your life. But the righteousness of God will keep you from your mind going astray and thinking it's not important to do. I don't need this. You're suffocating yourself. You're suffocating yourself. Let me move on. Watch this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stop cussing. Keep looking forward. Stay away from corrupt speech. Stop gossiping. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Somebody say, I got my eyes on Jesus. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Stop getting distracted. Keep your feet from following evil. Stay focused. Make your path straight. What does that mean? That means plan your day and know that I'm determined today. I'm going to follow Jesus. Put Jesus on your Google calendar. Put Jesus in your schedule. Put Jesus on your time frame. Put Jesus in your life. Stay focused. I'm going to give you some homework right here. I want you to write down Jeremiah 31 and 33. I want you to just to simply go home and read this. It'll bless you, and it'll help you understand what righteousness is. You see, once again, righteousness is called a breastplate because it protects you from the elements and from the enemy's weapons. But with righteousness, no weapon formed against you can prosper. What's this? No weapon formed against you can prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn. And this is the heritage of the righteousness of God, of the righteousness of the Lord. Notice, no word 
penetration from the enemy can go past a certain point because of righteousness. Have you ever thought about that? Jeremiah 31 says it like this. Remember the Old Testament. Remember God when Moses was up on the mountain, the finger of God came in and the finger wrote the commandments on stone tablets. Stone tablets. Then they put the stone tablets inside the Ark of the Covenant, meaning that in the future, that was prophetic. Listen, guys, we've taught here that God was going to do something in the earth. I'm talking about centuries before Jesus came, he prophesied it in so many ways. Everything in the Old Testament talked about the forthcoming of the Messiah and the new covenant. So when God put those stone tablets, he wrote them on stone tablets. In other words, when God gave the law, it was on the hearts of the people that was like stone. But he knew that wouldn't work. So what he did was he said, there's going to be a day where I'm going to take these laws and I'm going to put them in my presence. And when they get my presence, I'm going to write them on their hearts. Where's that at, Pastor Bobby? Jeremiah 31 and 33. Read it. This is the righteousness of God. Here's what he says. This is the covenant. I'm going to paraphrase, but you go home and read it. This is the covenant I will make of my people in those days. I will put my law in their minds, and I will write it upon their hearts or their spirits. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Because the old law didn't work, their hearts were hardened. But under a new covenant, Jesus even raised the bar. He said, don't commit adultery. But over here, he says, don't look on a woman. He raised it up. Why? Because he was going to put his word and his spirit inside of us that will be capable of causing us to walk in his commandments. It wouldn't be hard to do. As long as you got the breastplate on, as long as you're submitting to him, you can walk free of sin. You can walk free from addiction. I'm going to tell somebody here right now, God can set you free today, right now. I'm calling you out right now. God will set you free right now. I ain't scared. I'm just telling you, I've seen God do it. I'm just telling you, we've cast out demons. Oh, my God, this is that kind of church. For sure. God can heal you. God can deliver you. I ain't scared. You shouldn't be either. I got a breastplate on. Can't penetrate me. Can't penetrate you. But God said, I'm going to cause you to walk in my law and my commandments. And you're going to be my people. And I'm going to be your God. See, that's why we can walk in righteousness. Our own righteousness, filthy rags. His righteousness, blessed, highly favored, protected, guarded. Stop trying so hard to be a good person or make people like you. There's only one individual you need to please in this life, and that's Jesus Christ. Just one. And if you please him, everything else will work out in every relationship in your life. 
Anytime I've ever seen problems and we've done consultation, it always leads to one thing. There's a disconnection between a person and their God. Our God. Your God. It's very simple. But remember, he wrote them. He said he would write them upon our hearts. His own finger would write them in our spirit. Put them in there. Come on, Haley. I'm way past my time. I'm way past my time. Hmm. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to leave you this. I want to leave you this right here. You ready? Here's the conclusion. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. The Lord put his spirit in us to keep his commandments and keep us covered. He put his spirit in us to keep his commandments. You can't separate the spirit of God from the word of God. Not the written word, the actual rhema word, the word that was actually the one influencing men as they wrote in the scriptures. The very God himself said, I'm going to come down myself and I'm going to become a shield of righteousness for my people. And I will do this, he said, according to Isaiah. This is the time right now. Whoever is here and you're, you're really, you're feeling like, oh, man, I'm tired of fighting this addiction. Man, I'm just tired of just going through the cycles. I'm tired of living religiously. I want more. I want to experience the goodness of God. I want to be, listen to this, I want to be free. I'm tired of going through drama every week. I'm tired of getting bad reports. When you start living in the kingdom and you start living and having a breastplate of righteousness, I will tell you, you can get a bad report and it's not going to affect you. You'll have a peace that passes all understanding, but you don't get there overnight. You need to be in a spirit-filled environment and create those environments at home, and you must understand this is a walk with God, not a marathon. It's a walk with God. Consistency is the key in anyone's life if you're going to see righteousness be established. The heart of obedience is the key. The heart of obedience is the key. When you submit to God in any area of your life, God will infuse it and impute it with righteousness. And when you look at God, God is well pleased. Jesus did not have to be water baptized, but he did it out of obedience. And when Jesus came to John the Baptist, he said, John said, Lord, I have need. You need to baptize me. Jesus said, suffer it to be so for now, for it is our requirement to fulfill all righteousness. He said, obedience. When Jesus went down in the water and he came back out, the spirit, like a dove, it didn't say it was a dove, by the way, folks, like a dove descended upon him. And a voice came from heaven that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. What is that? Righteousness was imputed. The state of an individual that's acceptable to God. The simple act of obedience. How many of you want to please God? Once you stand to your feet here this Sunday morning, would you take that heart right there that you feel that, 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 that understanding you have and apply it right now in your prayer? 
Will you just do that right now by just surrendering? Close your eyes. Don't look around. Just, just lift up your hands and just lift up your spirit and begin to talk to him. And make this your prayer, if you will. We're going to pray over this building right now. Would you make this your prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, give me an obedient heart. I want your spirit. If you've never experienced the Holy Spirit and you've never spoken tongues and you'd like to have that experience, I want you just to begin to praise God right now and thank him for it. If you have a prayer language, I'm going to just release you right now to pray in the spirit. Will you do that right now? Will you pray in the spirit? Will you pray in the spirit right now? For those of you that are here, would you just surrender to the presence of God? We need more righteousness in our life. We need to be obedient in our life. Lord Jesus, let obedience fill this atmosphere. Let the spirit of obedience, God, fill and permeate, God, this atmosphere right now. I pray in the name that's above every name. We right now, God, we call forth for the blood of the Lamb. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our way. Forgive us of our iniquity. Forgive us for going down our own paths. Lord, forgive me for being religious. Forgive me, dear God, for trying to impress people. Forgive me, dear Lord. I pray right now that the presence of God would be saturate, would saturate, saturate me, oh God. Saturate you. Make that your prayer right now. Saturate me, oh God. Come on, lift up your voice. Wake up. We're about to walk out of here. Come on, just 30 good seconds. 30 good seconds of praise. Come on, let's worship. 30 good seconds of praise. Just 30 good seconds of praise. Come on, tell them, Lord Jesus, saturate me. Lord Jesus, let a spirit of obedience grab a hold of us. Let a spirit of obedience write your word in my heart. Cause me to obey you. Let the meditations of my heart, the words of my mouth, be acceptable, God, in your sight. Father, in the name of Jesus, anyone dealing with addiction right now, pornography, addiction, homosexuality, God, hatred, jealousy, unforgiveness, I say now, in the name of Jesus, be removed from this building, be removed from this temple. In the name of Jesus, I say go. I say go. I say go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Go. Go. Rebellious. Rebellion, go. Rebellion and stubbornness, go. Right now, rebellion and stubbornness, go. Say it out of your mouth. If you're dealing with this, say go. Say it out of your mouth. If you're dealing with anything right now, if the devil is playing games with you, your own mind is playing games, just speak it out loud right now and say, in the name of Jesus, go. In the name of Jesus, I renounce every thought. I renounce all witchcraft. I renounce all division. I renounce rebellion. I renounce every lustful spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, I surrender. I surrender right now. In the name of the Lord, right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Come on. We're almost done. Come on, somebody. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.